This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. The day after the day of Justin Trudeau and Sophie Gregoire Trudeau announcing that they're going to split. We haven't had this happen too many times, and I know people have made this circumstance. I was making it before the news that the the parallels between Justin Trudeau and his dad, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, just in terms of a marriage ending, are not that comparable. They're not that comparable. Pierre Elliott Trudeau was only married the seven years to Margaret Trudeau and then didn't end up even getting divorced until the year he left office in 1984. We may be looking at a divorced Justin Trudeau running for uh, election, although maybe by design, they don't do that. I don't know too many split couples, but I know that that can still be a thing that you can just move along and, and you're still like legally married. But just separated. I have no idea. And and if you are a you know separated person, but not yet a quote unquote divorcee, you can text me and tell me there must be a reason for that. Either it's church related, it has some economic benefit, but you're with other partners now, but you're split and you haven't been together for for some time. I don't know how I'd feel if I'm with a um, a a woman who's still who's who's still married. And yet at the same time, we're getting along like gangbusters and we're not ready to get married yet. And maybe we're not going to. Uh, That's the only thought I had was before is Justin Trudeau with a girlfriend running for office wouldn't be the look. Being able to call him and, and to be correct about it, a divorcee running for office for running to keep the prime minister's office 14, 15 months from now. I It wouldn't change how I would vote. It may not change how you would vote. You and I might say, well, we don't care. We care about policy. We care about the direction of the country. We care. There's a lot of things that influence election. Who you're who you're with and who you're not are not things that are going to factor in to how we'd vote. But I think you and I know, even if you and I are in agreement on that, we may not be, that there's many other people that won't necessarily feel this way. So after that separation was announced, all I saw, all I saw was the idea of, let's leave this alone. We'll never really know what brought this on. And then it took a day and people were like, hmm, what brought this on? It must have been something. Um, Adrian Batra is often on John Oakley's show. Um, and I like how outspoken she is. She was on another news network yesterday and said this about how these theories are starting to circulate. Obviously, Lois, something led to this being on a mid-Wednesday, you know, early in the afternoon. Um, there is some circumstance that per- probably le- led to to this point. I just don't know if we're ac- actually ever going to know what that circumstance is. And maybe, frankly, we don't have a right to know what that is. Mm. But that said... Um, you know, rumors have been swirling around Ottawa for for a very, very long time. And for anyone in and around um, the Ottawa bubble, shall we say, uh, you know, some would say this is one of the worst kept secrets. It is one of the worst kept secrets. There's no question about it. And the public doesn't know um, that much about it. Many people are of the mind that they've been, how would I put it, faking this for a while. That's the, that's the concept that ends up being out there. And I don't judge. Again, I have no idea what's going on inside the relationship. They most they both may be completely and totally relieved right now. And I would defend the prime minister by people suggesting he's putting being prime minister ahead of his family. 
you try and find a balancing act when you're a woman, when you're a man, and you're not always right. Some people just plain don't have kids because their career means so much to them. They We're starting to see, obviously, the demographics are telling this. Moms, women are having children later in life because they're getting rolling with their career and then they want to break. Who could blame them? I think we've come a long way in understanding that uh, that we need to level the playing field in the workforce and then some compared to how, let's say, our parents grew up working in the 70s and, and in the 80s. But I also understand that some women are willing to say, I, I, I'm, I'm going to build something first before I, I end up having kids. It's harder to build after that. I totally understand that. I totally get that. And believe it or not, really actively involved dads, and I would call myself one, also struggle with that in the early days. What's my balancing act here? When can I be away? When can I, you know, put put more time in from work? When do I just put the damn phone down, settle in, know that I've got this, know that I'm on the right path, and pay more attention to my kids? It's a constant and in, it all enveloping, sometimes pride-swallowing act for men and for women. But I don't think we can label this um, as Justin Trudeau being incapable of balancing loving his wife and being a great family person and being prime minister at the same time. Um, I, I don't I don't see that. I'm going to play you a clip coming back of a guest we had on the show yesterday, Damian May, who was really, really salient and made a couple great points about this. A couple really, really smart points about this. But listen, they got separated for a reason, and I don't even care about the reason. Maybe it's a really good one for her. Um, I would say Justin's very, very image conscious. You know that. This is a image conscious government. How things land seems to matter sometimes more than if they land at all. And I can't believe that this is something he would have initiated uh, knowing there's going to be that kind of scrutiny, that kind of speculation about it. And again, you could not be a fan. You could be a massive fan going through what he's going through right now and in the weeks and months leading up. Hard on any human being. Hard on any human being. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. How do you plan to buy Taylor Swift tickets? And I will not jump down your throat if you're telling me I'm buying them so I can sell them. I'm buying them because I see this as an investment. The law of it's the law of diminishing returns. It's the law of economic investment. It's supply and demand. By the way, I you know I don't work for a newspaper, but I could write the story already about people that are going to be upset about the process of how these tickets are going to be given out, acquired, et cetera, et cetera. But it's six shows at close to fifty thousand a show. I mean, the Jays can get what forty two, forty three thousand in. For a sold-out game with the renovations, and you can get easily 7,000 on the floor, every suite filled. There won't be room to breathe inside Rogers Center. And that's, by the way, that's a really good thing for the city. We were documenting the costs uh, and the investment in terms of the injection of money into the local economy is massive. You, you could tell me right now that magically a 80,000-seat NFL stadium was plopped down in Toronto and that Toronto was going to host the Super Bowl in February 27. And I'm telling you, looking at the numbers and looking at what other cities have generated for Super Bowls, this is bigger. Like, I don't, I don't hesitate in saying that. This will generate more stimulus for the economy than anything else that, that could come to Toronto. And the, the taxpayer doesn't have to 
Doesn't have to pay a dime. Doesn't have to pay a cent. A little bit of security money, a little bit of cop money, but it wouldn't be any different as, as if the Leafs were in a Stanley Cup final playoff game. The uh, Raptors ended up hosting that game seven against the Golden State Warriors. They won in game six, so didn't have to. I'm curious to know your plan to go to this show and whether or not you're just thank you. The city needs good news. The city needs a warm spotlight that shines on something that could be great. And that's what this is, even though it's a private event. You don't have to dig your music. Many, many obviously do. Everybody's asking whether somebody knows somebody that can help them with tickets. It's funny. One of the things that I always used to get asked on sports radio, and I get asked a little less on it now, is, oh, you must go to games all the time for free. Well, not with tickets. Like, not with tickets. Tickets have to be bought for uh, for priority events. You want to go to the 2015 Jays playoff run, you're paying for all those games. No one's gifting you those uh, in your email box. But I'm sure that many luminaries, many famous people, what will be interesting to watch, Toronto City Councilors, maybe even the mayor saying, "Do me, I do lots of stuff for the city. How about two for your, ward, your favorite counselor from Ward 2 or Ward 8? I think we'll be on the lookout for, uh, for things like that. And politicians have to be really wary about accepting free things, right? Right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, usually they do, actually. That's the truth. Curious to know how you think you'll pull this off. And I mentioned the economic impact earlier of just a random Super Bowl. Minnesota, and, and you got to do it in, in current economic times. Minnesota hosted Super Bowl um, 52. Yeah, it would be 52. Um, back on February 4th, 2018, I went to that Super Bowl, flew into Minneapolis on the Thursday. It's minus 20. It's freezing. And I was working with TalkSport in the UK at the time. And I had colleagues go ice fishing on Saturday. I, I just wanted to, you know, get a little run in at the gym, wander around, maybe go over to the mall. They wanted to go ice fishing. Um, it tells you how cold it was. It was minus 20 every damn day. But Super Bowl 52 still brought in. million to spending U.S. to Minneapolis and Minnesota. 125,000 visitors came in. And I would estimate, and by the way, the best news possible for the Toronto, for the city of Toronto, the GTA, and these Taylor Swift shows is that there are no other shows in any other Canadian city. That's the best thing for the Toronto economy. You know that and I know that because then people will fly in. Or they'll take the train in. Or or they'll drive in. And you're going to get Americans as well. Right now, there's no Taylor Swift Buffalo shows. They have this huge stadium uh, where the Bills play in Buffalo called New Era now. And if you've ever seen a concert there, a friend and I went to see the U2 show there in the fall of 2017 where they did the Joshua Tree track by track. And it was one of those situations where just beautiful night, fall evening, kids were back in school. Thank the Lord. uh, Sunset. Incredible. Well, no Taylor Swift shows in Buffalo for the time being. Everybody in Western New York, upstate New York, Buffalo, Albany, Rochester is coming to Toronto for these concerts here. That's just down the street from where I'm speaking to you right now at Rogers Center. I can't tell you what kind of significant economic boost this is going to be. And I think that's worth commenting on. Love to know how you're going to get tickets. Love to know what you think this means for the city. And I'm okay if you want to say... I'm going to get these tickets and sell them to the highest bidder. And by the way, don't wait until the uh, day before the show 
to uh, to do that. I wouldn't do it. Text in from Kevin in Mississauga. Our whole family's registered for the pre-sale. Five of us will be online Wednesday trying to buy four tickets. Hopefully, Taylor can follow the Cure's lead and keep resale tickets to face value. Uh, the Cure, the band The Cure, right? Robert Smith Company, all that makeup. Um, I love The Cure. Did did just that. Um but and so tickets weren't available on StubHub. That's not the case with Taylor Swift. Um, by the way, Kevin writes, if not made by extras for resale to cover our costs. And he may have to do that uh, at this point in time. A very fair question. Will Toronto today with Greg Brady be giving tickets away to Taylor Swift? I don't know that we won't. I don't know that we will. It's early days, but that has that's that can't possibly be ruled out. Got to run it through the channels. Got to figure out whether we can, but if we're able to, we will. There's 300,000 of them. What's eight tickets for everybody's favorite uh, radio show? What's eight tickets among friends? We'll see. No promises, none whatsoever, but I appreciate the text message uh, on that front. And I'd bring this up really quick uh, before we break. Um, The concept of doing this many shows, people have said it, and I noticed it yesterday. It's unprecedented. All I can find is acts that played three times at Exhibition Stadium and it, like in a row or three times in four nights. Pink Floyd did that in 87 uh, when they got back. Well, they didn't get back together with Roger Waters. Um, but in 1995, the Division Bell Tour, they played three exhibition stadiums. Springsteen, Born in the USA Tour, 84, three exhibition stadiums. But that's not, that's maybe 35,000, I feel like, the X held for shows. It's not even close to what we're talking about here with 300,000. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. There's one number that's really significant that a lot of people have even texted the show. They've seen links to the stories. And that's 150 million TV viewers worldwide. And the National Bank Open doesn't get that. And the Women's World Cup doesn't get that. And no sporting event that I'm aware of in Canada could get that. The World Series Game 7, even if the Blue Jays were in it, would not get 150 million TV viewers worldwide. And that event is happening in Brampton right now at the Global T20 Tournament. Um, And this is really, really something. So if you love cricket, you already know that this is happening. And there's two matches happening today, uh, by the way, including one at 11 a.m. and one at 3.30 p.m. Joining us to discuss. I know he's uh, still trying to get the work of the city done while enjoying what's happening in his own backyard. He is the Mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown. Mayor Brown, it's great to have you back on Toronto today. I appreciate the time. Well, Greg, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, frankly, you know, I view sports tourism as part of the work of the of the city. And you know, I didn't know a lot about cricket when I became mayor of Brampton five years ago. I, you know, grew up as uh, as a fan of tennis and hockey mm-hmm. and uh, uh, baseball. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've uh, I've I've really found it fascinating um, about the growth of cricket, about the popularity of cricket worldwide. You know, our tournament's getting a huge TV viewership. But you look at some of the matches that happen, like you know, later this year when there's going to be an India-Pakistan match, that will have a billion viewers. And so the reach of cricket is similar to the reach of of, of soccer in, in the sense that it truly is global. And so it's a unique opportunity for us to market Brampton, Ontario, Canada uh, to to the world. And um, it's, uh, it's neat to see this taking off. Yeah, you nailed it. It's the number two sport in the world uh, behind soccer. Um, and uh, again, for 
Brampton. And, and obviously, you and I were at a gathering at the British Consul General's uh, residence in downtown Toronto, Rosedale area, on Monday night. And just to talk to people who are seeing more cricket being played um, at the elementary school level, kids learning the sport. Honestly, growing up outside of London, Ontario, it would be on TV once in a while, but we never got to play it. We never got to try it. And we rarely got an opportunity to watch it. All that's changing for younger people in Ontario now. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I don't have a wait list for hockey or baseball um, in Brampton. I have 450 teams on the wait list um, for cricket times. Teams, not teams. individuals. That's incredible. We have we have 18 fields right now. We're adding three. We can't keep up. Uh, the popularity across the GTA of cricket is is incredible. And, and frankly, if you look at the countries where you know there's a, a cricket passion, um, New Zealand, Australia, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, uh, India, the UK. You know, in very large numbers, we see those that ancestry represented in the GTA. So it's not a surprise. Um, that is growing so fast in 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 popularity. I think it's a an opportunity for Canada. I think if we invest in the in the recreation amenities uh, of cricket now, you know, there's no reason we can't have a cricket team that competes for the World Cup down the road. You know, you you, you look at how you know the soccer um, mm. team was so successful. You know, qualifying for Qatar. There's no reason we can't do the same thing in cricket. And it inspires others, too. And that's one thing, again, a, a young Patrick Brown, a young Greg Brady, other people listening, men and women, just didn't get to look on a television screen or see a billboard or or to be able to buy a, a shirt, a kit of a cricket star. We're, we're getting there now. And, and whether it's been Mike Weir or Bianca Andreescu, like like you need to see somebody emulate what you'd love to do someday as a, as a young athlete. And we're, we're closer to that with cricket, aren't we, than we ever well, would have been 20 you know, years ago. And that's the one fun thing about this tournament is that you have these cricket icons who are spending these three weeks in Canada. You know, you had Chris Gale, who was a, um, a star from the, the West Indies team. He went to the Blue Jays batting practice and he was hitting the ball as far as, as the Blue Jays. You know, yesterday I was with Shahid Elfridi, who is a star from Pakistan. And I, I looked at his Twitter following and it's 12 million. He <laughs> just look at these numbers and the reach they have, but the community, you know, when he, when Shahid was going around Brampton yesterday, you know, he was, he was looked upon like a, a, a rock star and so by having role models that are so, you know, uh, have so much name recognition, it is, you know, it's an inspiration for a young person saying, you know, I, I want to hit the ball like them. You know, I want to bowl like them. Patrick Brown's our guest, Mayor Brampton. One more on this. How can people um, see the G GT20? As I mentioned, two games today, including uh, your own Brampton team. that has got a must win game against Montreal at 330 today. How could people go this afternoon or go on the weekend? So um, it's all going to be televised on on CBC. Obviously, there's television contracts for India and Pakistan and uh, other countries around the world. But the neat thing is this weekend will now be uh, a live broadcast on CBC. So you can see it on TV or you can come down to the stadium at the, at the CA grounds in Brampton. I believe the finals on Sunday are sold out, but mm -hmm. the, it's not sold out today. It's not sold out tomorrow. So there's still opportunities um, to come. And it's sort of neat. The, the team that, that's hosting this, built a temporary stadium. So we have a temporary cricket stadium 
in Brampton that was built for the purpose of, of, of this tournament. And you want to build a permanent one. I think we talked about that, not the last time, but maybe the second or third last time we chatted. W- where does that stand in terms of schematics? How how many people uh, could it hold for capacity? And, and that could get you bidding on major cricket events and major tournaments. How big could this be, um, this proposed permanent stadium in Brampton? Yeah, we actually issued an RFP um, for this, and so we're well on 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 the way. And it'll be in the same location as where the temporary one is is now. And that's the goal: is that we're able to host major international events, and this can be an economic and a tourism driver um, for our region. And you know what's neat too is a lot of politicians. I, I you know I give credit to. Olivia Chow, Toronto's mayor, she's come out to a bunch of the events as part of this tournament. There's a lot of people that did not know a lot about cricket that at this tournament are learning about it. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about the business of Brampton. And, and one of the big business items is clearly um, the, the Peel region dissolution. What's new in the last month or so? Where does some of this stand? And, and again, what's the timeline, maybe even for the rest of the calendar year, Mayor Brown, in terms of sorting this out with Caledon and, and Mississauga? So there's still uh, a lot of questions. We don't have a lot of answers. Uh, the uh, panel appointed by the province uh, is now um, uh, appointed. I met with uh, two of their representatives to share my concerns. Uh, this is not something Brampton asked for. We didn't ask for a regional divorce. You know, I felt that uh, a lot of the services we share, you have better value by sharing those services. So the Peel Police, the Peel Paramedics, um, and you know, I. And this was created in 1974, it was created by Bill Davis, and, and, he, and he created it saying, you know, these are small uh, municipalities and they can, you know, have a greater efficiency by by sharing these services. And so uh, I, I'm concerned about uh, the breakup, but, you know, I'm going to be doing my best to, to raise my concerns and make sure that my residents are not uh, negatively affected by it. Has this process moved more slowly um, than you and other members of city council would like so far? This was announced, what, four months ago, and and uh, we just maybe three and a half months ago, and we just haven't heard much in terms of, well, here's some conc- here's a con- concrete decision. Here's a concrete agreement on on whether it's water, whether it's the electricity grid. We just, we just haven't heard very much. Well, and that's the challenging thing is that they announced a timetable of January 1st, 2025, which is very ambitious, very fast yeah. uh, to break up these services. And so, you know, if anything, I, 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 I'm not sure that the timetable is is achievable, but, you know, they have appointed people on this arbitration panel that are very experienced in in each aspect of municipal governance so we'll see what they come up with but you know we we certainly don't have any clarity uh to uh how it's going to be done i hear you hey mayor brown enjoy the weekend it's a it's been a great year for brampton too not only just women world hockey championships and and that was great um but uh but obviously your community is seeing a lot of tourism dollars seeing a lot of people uh, know what brampton is really all about and i know it'll be a, a great weekend you got great weather for uh these big matches today and the final on sunday as well thanks for the time today i appreciate you coming on thank, thank you there's uh, Mayor Patrick Brown of the city of Brampton. You can go to, by the way, gt20.ca and find out more about this. Canada's the 19th ranked cricket nation in the world. That gets a little undersold that that's where we are uh, for the 20 international form of cricket as well. We're in the top 20 already without a lot of homegrown, you know, pumping the tires. 
So we need to do that more. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. You can feel it in the air. Two big events always happen uh, this August long weekend. Uh, It's Caribbean Carnival in the city, of course, and just a little north, a little north of the downtown up at the uh, National Tennis Center um, at Sobey Stadium at York University is the National Bank Open. And uh, this is a great weekend, by the way, to get it going. Um, There's some free things happening, free entry to the grounds on quality qualifying, which is tomorrow um, and Sunday. Some familiar faces are actually in the qualifying as well and some superstars that you can view in action Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll tell you how to do that and we'll do it in part coming up right now with the longtime tournament director of the National Bank Open. He is Carl Hale. Carl, I love this time of year. This is what you wore towards all year as well. We've got great weather ahead, great tennis ahead. It's great to have you on talking about it. Thanks for having me, and uh, I love it as well. And like you said, we have an amazing player field. And this weekend, we have some great activations for the family. So come on out out and enjoy tennis. Yeah, and I'll tell you, um, it's worth mentioning, the last time the men were here, 2021, um, we obviously were were still going through some things at the time. Daniil Medvedev won the tournament. It was a relief just to be able to have the tournament. But this is really the first time, Carl, since I think you got to go back to 2018 in Toronto for the best men that we've been able to have full crowds and a full tournament. So, um, you know, (laughs) you've had to be patient. Tennis fans have had to be patient, but we're here now. Yeah, that's that's true, and it's funny because the players that Zverev spoke about it yesterday, he hasn't been here since 2018, and Medvedev was speaking about it last night as well, how strange it was under COVID. So everybody's really excited to, to have a wide-open event, and ticket sales are reflecting that. We are so far ahead of projections, and we're, we're going to have a great week. That's great to hear. People can go to nationalbankopen.com, find out more. There's great deals, uh, daytime sessions, nighttime sessions, uh, and whatnot. Um, let's talk about um, the the Mr. Everything of the tour right now. Uh, Five-set win over Novak Djokovic at the Wimbledon final. Tell people who aren't sure and have only ever heard about the big four um, who haven't witnessed him. He's got two grand slams, and that's just the beginning for a young man named Carlos Alcaraz. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be the next sensation in sports. He's only 20 years old, and the players even talk about him, how special he is. Um, He's going to play on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, so if you want to Mm. see the next great athlete, come out and watch Carlos Alcaraz. And also, he's he's got a great team around him, very much like Nadal, a very down-to-earth guy, and just a huge future ahead of him. I think the personality, too. Um, I think we went through an era at at times, Carl, with the men, where at times the women's tour um, had more rivalry. They had more personality. They had more people who wouldn't uh, who who wouldn't be as measured, if you will, and things they'd say on and off the court. Carlos has this phenomenally infectious personality. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, by the way, he'll get mad when he misses a shot or two and he'll pump his fist like nobody else. So I, I think we're all drawn to this right now with, with where he's at. We sure saw it during the Wimbledon final. Yeah, and he's, he's just electric, you know. He, he smiles, he laughs, and in the great moments, he hits those incredible shots. Like, he's, he's the best shot maker we've ever seen in tennis. And people are really gravitating to him. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's a changing of the guard right now. As you see, you know, Nadal is, is on his last legs. Federer's retired. Novak is still hanging on, but he doesn't have much longer. So 
It's so exciting to have Carlos Alcaraz. And, you know, there's a whole host of other characters that are in there. Olga Rune, Martin Sinner. Um, you know, there's Yannick Sinner, sorry. There's a lot of really good players, including our very own Felix, who's going to be playing hopefully on Tuesday night. That was where I was going. Felix Ojeh-Aliassime. And, and we've kind of had two Felixes. We saw him have this massive ascension at the end of last calendar year where he won a few tournaments in a row. He looked like the best player on the planet. And I know he struggled lately. What better place than Toronto for him to sort of resume, build into a U.S. Open where he's made the semifinals and made the semifinals two years ago. Um, this could really be his moment to, uh, to capture back. And the crowds are going to be amazing for him this week. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde, you know, and he's in the Hyde mode the last six <laughs> months. So, so hopefully he comes out. Uh, he's just, you know, speaking to the players as well about him, they, they just don't understand, you know, what's happened the last six months because he's so good. He's number 12 in the world. He's our highest-ranked Canadian. Um, he's going to come out of this slump for sure, and I think it'll start here in Canada because, you know, he's our hometown favorite, and we'll get behind him. All right, I'll, me I'll mention we're going to put the players to the back seat. People can come, by the way, and see Andy Murray. They can come at Christopher Eubanks was a breakout superstar uh, at Wimbledon and went to the quarterfinals uh, at Wimbledon just last month. But um, I, what, what I think worked with your tournament over the years, Carl, is you guys have pivoted. You guys have adapted. People have often said, especially Toronto traffic, you know what it's like. You've made transit to make that tournament more accessible. You've made shuttle buses uh, that, that get people right to the grounds and right outside the, the, the stadium court. I, that, that seems to be such a priority for your tournament to make sure people can get there and make sure they have an amazing time when they're there. No, so it's all about the fans, you know, for us, the fan experience. We're always trying to enhance it. Uh, this year we have incredible food and beverage offerings at the best prices of any sporting event. We have a new double-decker Michelob Ultra section. Um, we have this new signature club for National Bank. And this weekend is free. So anybody mm -hmm. that wants to come and watch great tennis, it's free this weekend. And Monday, you can get a ticket for $40 and watch all these superstars up close. So we really, you know, understand the fans and appreciate it and try to acknowledge it the best we can by, by keeping our prices affordable. Carl Hale's our guest. You can go to nationalbankopen.com, find out more. Um, you know me. You don't need to sell me on tennis. I wouldn't need to sell you on tennis. It's a lifelong passion. But I bet you're just seeing, just in the last several years, and I think it kind of begins with the guy making a comeback, Milos Raonic, but it comes all the way through to Bianca, to Layla, to Felix and Dennis, like, there just weren't these players, Carl, when you and I were growing up. There just weren't these players. There were guys doing their best, and they might make a run and win a couple Grand Slam matches, but we've seen nothing like this renaissance, and I bet you're seeing it in the crowds, and you will see it in the crowds this week. Younger players, younger people, way more passionate about it in, in terms of raw numbers than we had growing up. Well, you know, those players you spoke about, you know, it started off with Daniel Nestor, and mm -hmm. then you had you know, Milos and, and Jeannie getting to the finals of Wimbledon and top five in the world. And what happened with, with those players is they penetrated the social fabric of Canada where non-tennis fans started to learn about tennis. And then you had Layla getting to the finals U.S. Open, Bianca winning our tournament, the U.S. Open. And then, of course, last year we won Davis Cup, which we're celebrating with the entire team and all the former Davis Cup players Monday night at 7 o'clock. So we're having international results that are the pinnacle of our sport for the first time ever. And there's a lot of young ones in the pipeline. So 
we're super super grateful to the tournament for providing the engine that mm. that feeds all of this high performance, and there's a lot more to come. Carl, here's the other thing, and I've only got a minute. I'd also make the case, I think I've always pushed back against it, but it's never been more true. This is not some elitist sport to play. You need a racket, you need a pair of shoes, you need to find a court. You don't need a $400 pair of hockey skates, you don't need a, a few $200 sticks to get through a minor hockey season. Every sport, if you're traveling, baseball, soccer, whatever, is expensive, Tennis has kind of held its ground here, and I don't even think the rackets, tennis balls, I don't think they've gone up with the rest of, of the costs of youth sports. It ends up being, and I hear from parents all the time saying, it's a pretty affordable sport to play at its, at its, at its base. Yeah, I mean, in Canada, there's, there's lots of access in the summer within public parks and parks and rec programs that are very affordable. Tennis rackets, you can buy you know, cheap ones for $50, $60. Yep. Where we had an issue was in the winter, programming and it's been an initiative of tennis Canada to get 50 new facilities across the country in the in the next five years and we are way ahead of those those stats so you know the future is bright for tennis and hopefully all of these players keep having these results mm-hmm. our tournament you know everybody keeps supporting it and we'll keep keep growing the sport in our country it's, uh, it's for some people, they tell me it's the best bang for the buck. It's the highlight of their summer. It's the National Bank Open. You've got Carlos Alcaraz, best player on the planet, Wednesday night up there in primetime. Felix playing Tuesday night. Hopefully it's a long run for him. Carl, thanks for letting us check in. I know the work you guys put in uh, behind the scenes at Tennis Canada and with the tournament. It's going to be a great next nine, 10 days. Appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I hope people come out this weekend. Gates open at 10 a.m. It's free. So I hope to see everybody there. We'll make it happen. Carl Hale joining us, uh, tournament director for the National Bank Open. The men are here in Toronto this year, the women in Montreal. You'll see that on television as well with opportunities for Bianca and Layla to do well. Got to take care of our own. Got to do it. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Are you in or out? Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So are we in or out? You're out. You are over and out. No, 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 no. You insulted him a little bit. I'm okay with it, but now you're making me feel weird. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, this is really, really easy. This is an etiquette issue. There's etiquette in life sometimes. There's a certain um, set of unwritten rules, like when you go to the airport, when you go to a restaurant, when you're, you know, going, even when you're a student in school, in high school or university or college or whatever. But this is about the grocery store. And by the way, this isn't about being on the phone walking down an aisle. That's gonna that that that's a new technology thing that we couldn't do 20 years ago. This isn't even about the self-checkout. But I love the explanation. Please defend this. I think more people will be out, but explain why you would need to do this once you get up to the checkout itself. Why are you still on the phone? What conversation's happening? Um, unless someone is absolute, and, and then if if it's an absolute nine one one five alarm emergency, why are you putting that head of lettuce on the conveyor belt? I, I don't get it. In or out on this, uh, Lyle? You you probably see it. I'm sure you've not been this person, but is there ever a defense for being on your cell phone in the checkout line itself at the grocery store? I, I think it just feels like we're asking in or out on common decency on this one. <laughs> are you decent? I I. I am so out on talking on the phone while at the conveyor belt. That's the thing. Through the store, obviously, uh, I have to call most times I go to the grocery store because, hey, they don't have this. 
what's the substitute? They don't have this brand of this thing. Do we want another one? But if you're actively in a line for anything, if you're in the queue for something and you're close to the front and you pick up your phone, no. Once you enter that line, it's a no-talk zone. It is a social contract you have also entered. Now, that said, you know, you and I were speculating you're not a uh, married human being yet, but you're an engaged human being. I am. I'm telling you, Gord, you would get this. The amount of marriages that probably would have been saved 20 years ago by being able to call your spouse from the grocery store and oh, go, w- 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 what type of green onion was it? What what was the other vegetable in the fresh section you needed? Oh, my God, I bought the wrong brand of cereal again. Like the it, marriages and, and marriage counselors would be out of marriage counselors would be out of work for for us to have had the ability to call our spouse and go. Give me that list again. I forgot it. I'm missing something. It's it's an important part of life, but yeah. not when you get to the checkout. Yeah, no, that technology has saved my life. Because 100%. You looked at the, the pictures between my wife and I, and it's just all grocery pictures. It's like, okay, you said you wanted <laughs> olive oil. There's 18 brands. Which one? And she'll circle the one she wants. Boom. Yeah. But you're sending very family friendly, safe pictures. That just yes. happens to be a zucchini. Yes. That's not what you. That's, There's it's no just, secondary meaning. That's all it is. No, it's a cucumber yeah. or a pea or a squash or a pineapple. <laughs> for it lack means matter. nothing else other than yeah. it's a piece of fruit. You want the white potatoes or the red potatoes? Exactly. Which one was it again? Exactly. Lifesaver. But when you're in the checkout, it's 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 so rude a to the people around you, but to the the checkout person, right? Because if they need to ask you a question, you're on your phone. It's just like. You just ignoring me? Just check my items off. It's just, it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not civil. Like I, I understand people being on their cell phones, and I understand getting a call from somebody and you want to catch up. I've seen people complain before. Well, you're, you know, you're walking your kid in a stroller, and somebody's on the phone, but your kid's a toddler, so I have no problem with somebody going. And then he said, blah blah blah, and then yeah. she said, blah blah blah. That's fine. And I'll, some people are like, hang up and talk with your kid. I'm like, nah, no, 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 no. I'm around them 22 hours a day. This is my break from them, and I'm getting them some, some outside air. Yeah. But they're also so. Like, I think we could take this a step further. 416-870-6400. There's a, the, the biggest grocery line etiquette um, bomb out for me that people do is the standing too close. Like I can't and, and pushing carts in when you're ahead of them. Yes. I can't tell you the amount of time you the front of your cart hits the back of my leg and I'm not going to make a fuss or even shoot you daggers. But I feel it. You're going to sooner or later, like I'm going to have a meniscus tear because your shopping cart banged into my sensitive legs and my bad knees. I got the knees of Bobby Orr. Yes. Like I don't, I can't handle that stuff. You have to send them the daggers look at least, yes. <laughs> at least. I think there should be a book. Not what's just the buffer. On... What's the buffer line of space in the grocery aisle? I think it's like two, a foot, three feet, two, three feet, three maybe? feet. I think so. if you have a cart, two or three feet, that's like a toddler laying down, which yeah. again, for people going to the grocery store happens sometimes. Absolutely. They just, when they drive their own little cars, like those <laughs> Fisher Price things around <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you push them and think not only can I entertain them and they think they're an F1 driver, but I can I can get down the cereal aisle and yeah. the and the and the fresh milk and cheese and dairy aisle no problem because they think they're driving a car I couldn't do it the other way around yeah I think the barrier should be your divider on the on the belt can't pass that that's why I put it yeah. back back a little further from my groceries is it a faux pas I'm sure I've touched other people's food and moved them because they slip past the barrier somehow or I set the barrier up or their food's too close to mine and I don't want them to be charged for something I'm buying. I'm the most considerate grocery store aisle Sounds like checkout it. person you've ever not met, I guess. <laughs> I anyway. think there should be a book written on line etiquette anyway. I think it's a more a pamphlet. Yeah. 
Maybe, I don't or know. I could write a couple chapters at least, I think. 416-870-6400. People in, check, in the checkout line on their cell phones. I Look, I don't like them in the self-checkout uh, when they're like, yeah, yeah, and then and then Sheila was going to drop by for tea. And by the way, I don't want to assail young people. I think the average age of these people is the average age of Tina Trajani and myself. But it's more me than you. It's more me than you. You know, youth, it's just a number. And you and I defy it every single damn yes. day. Yes. Oh, yeah. What do you sure. see, what do you see in these checkout lines? Well, you know the cashier is usually pretty friendly. Hey, good morning. How That's are right. you? And then if you're sitting on the phone and you don't respond, you just see that cashier's face drop. Like that's not fair. Golden rule: treat others as you want to be treated. Like ignore them. I want to be ignored <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs>